0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Here at Velocity, we love listening about how lives have changed through our church. So if that's you, please contact us at amen at findvelocity.org. Enjoy today's message. We are in a series called Above and Beyond. And the inspiration for the series really comes from a prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus and all the Christians and churches that he planted where he said, hey, I'm praying that God is going to increase your love. I'm praying that God is going to increase your knowledge. I'm praying that you're going to be strengthened and encouraged. I'm praying that you're going to grow. And then he ends this prayer by saying, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond, according to all we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, he says now to him, wouldn't that be great? How many of you want God to work in your life that way above and beyond all you can ask or think? I think that's why we come to church by the way, because we want God to work in our life and we want to know how God works in our life. In fact, even if you're here and you're not a Christian, maybe you're not really sure where you stand with God. I think you'd agree that even you want to know at least God's perspective, Like you'd like to know how to get the results that God offers, even if maybe you don't want to do it or you don't agree with it, you'd at least like to know what he knows and how to get the results that he offers. And what we're discovering in this series is that if we want God's power to work in us, like Paul prayed, there's a couple things we got to do. We got to start by saying no to our limitations. That was the first week. Then we also have to say yes to his instructions. That was last week. Remember, God spoke to Abram. He gave him one word. He said, go. How many of you got your one word, by the way, for 2019? I challenge you to get one word. Nobody yet? All right, I'm gonna pray, seek God, pray. But he gave him one word. He said, go, and through this word, he said, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna enlarge your territory. I'm gonna make you a great nation. I'm gonna bless all nations through you. And in much the same way that God gave Abram a word, and told him he was gonna be a blessing. We're believing that God is gonna use us to be a blessing through our offering. And fortunately, I told you more than just a word of what we're gonna do with it, but all those things we're gonna do in the DR and in our city and all the stuff that we believe God's leading us to do in 2019 with getting a permanent home for our church, which is exciting. But I'm excited about what God is gonna bring into your life as you begin to release your faith. And in order to get there, we wanna look at Joshua, chapter 24 today. So if you have your Bibles, you can find your way there. If you want to follow along, you can uh, tap that into your phone if that's what you use, or iPad, or like so many of us, you can just hold tight and cross your arms and wait for the words to show up on the screen. But Joshua chapter 24, this is the last chapter in the book of Joshua. And what's going on here at this point, they've crossed the Jordan River They've fought a lot of battles. They've actually obtained the promise. They're in the land that God had promised them. They've divided the land. They have settled into the land. And at this point, Joshua is an old man now. He's seen a lot of things, led the nation through a lot of difficult victories. And now that he's old and wiser, he's got some things he wants to say to them and he's challenging them to renew Their covenant. We're going to pick it up in verse 14. He says, Therefore, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and truth. Get rid of the gods your fathers worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and worship the Lord. In other words, he's saying, Hey, there are some things in your life that you are too grown for now, there are some things that you have moved beyond and you can't go back there. Maybe it's some ways of thinking. Maybe it's some patterns of believing and behaving. You, you got to get past some of that stuff. Some relationships that you had, you've grown past that. You've moved beyond that. Don't go back there. And he says, but if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today. What are you going to do? Are you going to worship the gods your fathers worship beyond the Euphrates River or the gods of the Amorites whose land you are living, as for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. How many of you would say that like with Joshua, as for me and my family, as for me, what I'm gonna do, we're gonna worship God. I can tell this is gonna be a good service already. You guys are into it. Well, I'm calling this message, if you're taking notes, how to start a revolution. I believe God is gonna use this in your life in a special way today. It's going to bring some clarity. It's going to help you. It's going to encourage you. It's always my custom to go to the Lord and pray. So I would ask that you'd bow your head with me just as we ask for God's help this morning on to enlighten his word to our life. God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that you speak to us through it. And God, I'm asking that's exactly what you would do today, that you would breathe on this message, speak it in a clear and fresh way. Give us a new perspective, God, to the things that we're going through and the things that we're seeing, the things that we're experiencing. Lord, we need your help today. I know I need your help. So God, we ask that you reveal your truth to us. Show us how it applies to our lives. Thank you that you will, Holy Spirit. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, how many of you have already started listening to Christmas music? Can I see? Yeah, all right. There's a, a, quite a few of you. How many of you are offended that I even asked that question because it's not Thanksgiving yet? Yeah, see, now you guys are my people. Uh, you, you are. because It's not that I don't like Christmas music, I love Christmas music. I just think that in life, timing is everything. It's so important that you seize the, the, the strength of the season that you're in. And I, I just let me see again those, how many of you already listening to Christmas music? You started like on Halloween or maybe shortly thereafter? Yeah, I just, I want to know, because I'm going to give an invitation for, to receive Christ after this. I want to know who I'm talking to. But uh, I don't know what it is about life. It just seems like we're always thinking about the next season before we even finish the season that we're in. I mean, you see this all over. You can't hardly go to any retail store, grocery store, any place, and you haven't even finished one season. They already got the decorations out for the next one. That's what was so interesting to me about this text because Joshua, he's wanted to prepare them for the next season, but he's doing it by reminding them of their past. So interesting how he does it. It's it's almost like a challenge, the way he speaks to the Israelites. He's giving them this speech. He's reminding them about all the things they've experienced under his leadership. And he's trying to help them understand this connection between their past victories and their future vision, things that God wants to do in them, things that God wants to do through them. He's trying to bring it full circle. And he wants them to know that just as God has fought for them in the past, he's going to continue to fight for them in the future. And the way he speaks to them, it's almost like this rallying cry. Like in my mind, I always try and, and imagine like I'm in the Bible, like I'm seeing it like a movie and, It's almost like this scene from Braveheart, like Joshua is William Wallace and he's standing before them and he's saying, hey, this is what God has done for you. Look how good he's been to you. Are you going to rebel like you have in the past? Are you going to go back to those old ways of living? No, let me tell you what I'm going to do. As for me and my house, as for myself, I can't speak for you, but let me tell you what I'm going to do. We're going to serve God. And the way he's doing this, he's really, he's not trying to overthrow a system because they're already living in the land. They've already settled there. They they're established. What he's really trying to do is spark a revolution in their heart. And the way he does it is so interesting because before he challenges them with a command, he reminds them of their covenant. You see, these people, they, they've come a long way. They'd seen a lot of progress. And now they're living in a fulfillment of a promise that's been made to them. But what stuck out to me about this text, it really isn't the words that Joshua used. It's not what he said. It's not even how he said it. What stuck out to me about this text is where it all took place. That's what I found fascinating. And you can see it in verse one of this chapter. I didn't read it to you, but let's look at it real quick. It says, Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and summoned Israel's elders, leaders, judges, and officers. And they presented themselves before God. Now, this is the kind of thing, if you're reading the Bible, you'd normally just skip over it because it doesn't seem that important. Oh, I mean, what, what's the significance of Shechem? It's just a place like all those other Bible names that you see. But this is a really important verse. It's normally not the one you think about. The one you think about is the one I read to you. The one about choose this day who you're going to serve. I mean, that's the one we know. That's the one that people, you know, will like write out, put on a plaque, hang it on their wall. As for me and my house, this is what we're going to do. That, that's the verse we like, but... There's something in this verse at Shechem that I want to point out to you that I think is going to help you understand the way God works in your life today because he says this whole speech, all these things we didn't read, he says it in a place called Shechem. And Shechem is the place where God first spoke to Abram and said, this is where I'm going to fulfill the promise that I made to you. This is the place. Remember what we looked at last week? I'm circling back to it. Where he said, Okay, I'm gonna make you a great nation. I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna enlarge your territory. I'm gonna bless people through you. This is the place where God said that's gonna happen. In fact, let's just go back to where we left off last week in Genesis 12, verse 4. It says, So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Remember, he gave him this word go, and I'm gonna show. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife. Sarai, his nephew Lot, all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he'd taken into the household of Haran and headed for the land of Canaan. Now that's kind of interesting just there because some of you didn't even know Abram was 75 years old when God spoke to him. Some of you thought maybe that you know this thing, like Abram was young trying to strike it out and you know just try his luck in the big city, but he had already lived the full life. He had a lot under his belt. He had a lot of possessions. And God was trying to say, hey, there's still more ahead of you that I want you to do. So he takes off and he traveled through the land as far as Shechem. And then he set up camp beside the Oak of Mora. At that time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. So this is the place, the place that God had spoken to Abram hundreds of years earlier. Centuries earlier, he says, this is the place that I'm going to give you. And now Joshua is speaking to them from this same place. Because see, sometimes it's not enough just to hear the promise. Sometimes you got to put the promise in its place to understand its purpose. That's why the first thing you want to do, if you want to start the change that God wants to work in your heart, first thing you got to do is circle back. So significant that God brought them back to the place where the promise was originally made because he's saying these people are living proof of the promise. And sometimes you got to circle back just to see how far you've come. Sometimes the only way to go beyond is to go back. And it's not always fun to go back. But Joshua, he calls these people back to Shechem, where the promise was made. And he's using the backdrop of this place. He's using this setting to say, look how far God has brought us. Do you ever just look in your life like, man, how did I get here? Like, I I can't believe that I'm standing here. I can't believe just how far God has brought me. Do you ever do that? I mean, I mean. If you, if you haven't done that, you're going to have an opportunity in just a few days at Thanksgiving. When you are around the table, just think for a moment, look how far God has brought me. I started out with these dysfunctional people, with that weird uncle, right? With, with these dysfunctional relationships, look how far God has brought me. Sometimes God will bring you back to the place just to show you how far you've come to show you that, hey, this is actually headed somewhere. That's what God does in our life. Scripture says that if you trust in God, he's gonna direct your path. The thing I wish we would tell people though, especially those who are new in Christ, starting out in the faith, I wish we would help people understand that the way God directs your path doesn't often look like a straight line. Would you agree with that? That that the way God works, people set out to follow Christ. Progress in Christ, progress with God, doesn't always look like a straight line. And I wish it did look like a straight line. I mean, that's what I want in my life. I mean, the assumption is that God is going to take me from here to there, right? I mean, it's, His Word says that He takes us from glory to glory and strength. Strength. So in my mind, I'm just thinking, okay, I'm moving, you know, from this thing to this thing. I fought this battle, and now I'm moving up. I, I beat this addic- addiction, and now I'm moving on to the next thing. I've b- moved beyond this pattern of thought, and God is making me better. I, I wish it looked like a straight line. In fact, I mean, that's, that, that, that's why our logo, it's got that little arrow pointing up and to the right, because that's what we want. It, it's, it's increase. It's improvement. It's progress. It's growth, but it's a little bit deceptive because that's not the way it often works when you're following Christ. Progress doesn't look like a straight line. Progress, it often looks like this. It, it, it looks like you're going in circles sometimes. Have you ever felt that way? See, see increase and improvement, they happen incrementally. And indirectly. And sometimes it feels like you're going in circles. That's why I wanted to look at Joshua. I mean, Joshua knew something about going in circles. See, Joshua was this guy that he wanted to go into the promised land, but Moses wouldn't let him. He wanted to set out. He says, hey, we can take these people. We can go in, but not everybody agreed with them. And see, sometimes it's your circle of friends that are keeping you from moving into the next place that God has for you. And so Joshua wanted to go in, but he couldn't. Moses wouldn't let him. So for 40 years, they're walking around in the wilderness in circles, just wandering around. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way. For the Israelites, it was a wilderness. Maybe for you, It's a way of thinking. Maybe for you, it's a way of believing. Maybe for you, it's a way of behaving. You feel like you're stuck just going in circles. And you think about Joshua. It wasn't just wandering in the wilderness. You want to talk about going in circles. How about the fact when you finally get the chance, you finally get the opportunity to step into the land God has called you to, For 40 years you've been wandering and you've been preparing and you're ready to fight. The first thing God tells you is take a lap. Excuse me? Like I've been wandering in this wilderness for 40 years. I've got this walking thing down. God says, I want you to walk around. Are you kidding me? I understand how to walk. But what I'm trying to get you to see today is that Just because you're spinning doesn't mean you're stuck. See, Joshua had to learn that sometimes what God is doing in me is more important than what I want God to do for me. Sometimes taking another step with God means taking another lap. Sometimes I have to circle the issue because God's wanting me to get a full picture. I don't see everything. God is trying to show me something. And sometimes I have to go back to Shechem. Sometimes God doesn't change the situation that I'm asking him to change. See, sometimes God doesn't do anything about the situation because what he's wanting to change is me. They're back in the same place where it started, that same place where God gave a promise to a man named Abram, but now they're standing there with a covenant as a people started as a promise, but now it's a covenant. And sometimes God will bring you back to the same struggle just to show you how much stronger you are. Some of you are thinking, God, I I thought I was past this. God, when is this going to go away? God, I I thought I had moved beyond this. I I thought I didn't have to deal with this anymore. God, I, I, I thought that I've been walking with you for a while. I thought surely you would take this away by now, but sometimes God brings you back because he wants to show you how much stronger you are. So Joshua, he begins to take them back. He takes them through their history. And he says, look, this, this land that your fathers looked forward to, you're now living in it. Look at what God has done. He's trying to help them see the full picture. And, That's why the second thing you gotta do is turn around. You gotta circle back, but then you gotta turn around. Because it's hard to appreciate what you can't see. And lots of times, we're so focused on the thing in front of us that we can't see the full picture. We can't see all that God is doing around us. We can't see all the ways God is working behind the scenes. And that's what Joshua's trying to do. He's trying to get them to see the full picture, so he's taking them back and you got to turn around. It kind of reminds me like on those rare occasions when I will go shopping with my wife. Well, let me just tell you, like, I don't like to do this because there is nothing more awkward than being that guy standing outside the women's dressing room. It's like, no, it's cool. Like, I'm not some weird, creepy guy. I know somebody in there. It's totally, <laughs> totally normal. But after standing there, what seems like hours, uh, my wife will come out and and she'll say, well, you know, what do you think of this? And I'll be like, girl, that looks good. She's like, oh, I'm not sure. I said, girl, turn around, spin around. Let, let, me, let, let me see what you're working with. And she'll spin around, I said, girl, that looks good on you. She's like, I don't know, seems a little tight. I said, like, that's why I like it. <laughs> I kid you not, I said that one time and this lady <laughs> standing there, she's like, well, maybe she doesn't wanna show that to everybody. So after I kicked her in the shin, I, we went up and we bought it and now that it did happen, but I didn't kick her in the shin. I wanted to, I just shushed her. But uh, I saying you got to turn around. You got to get the full perspective. You got to see what God is doing all around you. You got to turn around to get the full perspective. And, and that's one of the things I get to do as your pastor. I, I get to help you see all these things that maybe you're not seeing. I get to say, hey, look look around. Look how God is is working. I'm trying to help you see that every lap you take is another lesson that you learn. You you feel like you're not going anywhere, but every step is, is another thing that God is teaching you. And just because you can't see your progress doesn't mean that your progress isn't taking place. So you can't appreciate what you don't see. And that's what Joshua knows. He knows that God has been working in the nation of Israel. He's been doing all these things on their behalf, but they've forgotten about it. God's been doing these things behind the scenes. So he's, he's trying to get them to, to turn around and see how God is working in their midst. And, and I wonder if God is actually wanting to use that situation that you feel has you spinning to open up your eyes to all the things he's doing around you. To, uh, to open up your eyes to how he's been at work, even when it didn't feel like it, even when it didn't look like it. Because that's what Joshua does. He, he, he turned it around on them. He, he flipped it. And you can read it. You can read the whole thing in context. It's interesting how he does it because he goes through, mentioned all this stuff in history, all these things that God does, but it's interesting to me what he says and what he left out. And I just want to read one of them to you because he starts talking about Jericho and how they fought these battles but he doesn't talk about the walls falling down. He, he talks about how they came through the Red Sea, but he doesn't talk about how God parted the waters. What, what are you t- how can you talk about going through the Red Sea without talking about how God parted the waters? But look at what he says. He says, your fathers cried out to the Lord, this is verse seven. So we put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea over them, engulfing them. Your own eyes saw what I did to Egypt. After that, you lived in the wilderness a long time. He just like, not even a footnote of how God parted the waters and they walked across on dry land. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts. That's how I know God cares about footwear. He made the ground dry. He didn't want to get their shoes messed up. But he leaves it out. What are you doing, Joshua? Well, I think he doesn't bring it up. I think the reason why Joshua doesn't mention it is because he didn't want to focus on what they could see, the waters parting, them walking through. He wanted to remind them about the stuff they couldn't see, what was going on behind them, the the things that they weren't even aware of. He's saying, you know, sometimes you got to thank God for the darkness. So sometimes you have to thank God For that thing that you were confused about. You wonder why he didn't call you back. God was protecting you. That was a blessing. You wondered why you didn't get that job. I know you really had your heart set up, but that would not have been good for you. See, sometimes you gotta thank God for the stuff that doesn't make sense, the stuff that you can't see, the stuff that was going on behind the scenes the stuff that didn't feel good. I went through the waters, but the important thing wasn't what I could see, what was before me, what was in front of me. The important thing is what God was doing behind the scenes. He might not have kept you from the fight, but he fought for you. He he might not have taken away that situation, but he made you stronger. And if you will let God handle what's behind you, and keep moving forward to what's ahead of you, he's gonna bring it full circle. He's gonna bring it full circle, but you only know that if you turn around. So Joshua, he's brought them back, they're circled back to Shechem. He's telling them, hey, turn around, there was all this stuff God was doing behind you, and now he wants them to return again. That's the third thing I wanna tell you, is to return again. Joshua says to the people, hey, now that you've seen what he did back here, and since you know what he's gonna do ahead of you, I wanna challenge you to renew this covenant today by returning again, returning again. Kind of reminded me of this offering that we're gonna get to give. I'm excited about what God's gonna do, what he's gonna do in your life, what he's gonna do in our city what he has for our church, all of these things. I'm excited how he's going to change lives through your generosity. But you know, I don't know if we should even call it an offering. Because we're really not giving God anything. We're just returning to him what's already his. We're just bringing it back. You realize God doesn't need Anything you have. But we need everything God has. So it's the return. It's not a gift as much as it is, God, you gave this to me. I'm, I'm bringing it back. And that's what Joshua was calling them to do, was, was to return. You see, they had settled in the land that they had once passed through. Now, now they're, they're living there. So Joshua's asking them to settle in their hearts once and for all that they're gonna return to the God who brought them through. Because what he knew is that as a people, we're prone to this problem. That the faith it took to carry us through our struggle, we don't often carry with us into our success. The, the, The faith we had to bring with us into our battles We don't bring with us when we're blessed. He's saying, now that you're here, God's brought it full circle. We're in the land. You are proof of the promise. I want to make sure that you return again. Renew this covenant. And it's it's not unique to us. It's not unique to the people of Israel. I mean, this was a pattern in their life that they would turn to God and fall away, turn to God and fall away. That's why later God would speak to them through the prophet Malachi and he would say, hey, the only reason you haven't been destroyed is because I don't change. My mercy for you hasn't changed. I'm still gracious unto you. That's why I'm calling you to return. He says, return to me, so I can return to you. The people said, well, what do you mean return? We haven't gone anywhere. Well, if you read on, you discover they had ignored God's statutes, ignored God's value system, let his ways go by the wayside. And he's saying, I so wanna bless you. I so wanna move in your life, but I can't if you don't return. So Joshua says to them, choose this day. God has spoken. And he brought the people of Shechem, or the people of Israel to the place of Shechem to renew this covenant. That word covenant made me think about this, this ring. It's a circle, no beginning, no end. I think that's what God wants to do in your life. I think that's why He sent his son, Jesus, because we can never get to God on our own. We're always prone to our mistakes and our failures. But he says, I'm going to come to you. You make the choice. I'll make the change. Choose this day who you're going to serve. You you step in and I'll step in. You, You open up so I can come in. And I believe that's what God wants to do in your life.